The Angry Tenor. <laughs> Hello everyone, I am your host, John Sayers, and I am the angry tenor. The tenor is angry at climate change and climate change deniers, so the angry tenor will have a special climate change edition, which will go live every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Please join us, and please work to limit your footprint on the climate, and help protect the planet from those who would not.
Eleven years ago, 60 well-known Flemish artists got together to sing this song and to demand action to put a stop to climate change. We need strong leadership on climate change to put a stop on the devastation it brings to the world and especially to the developing world. Why, today, has nothing, nothing still been done? There are attempts to begin, but at every step of the way, someone, and I hate to say it, most are Republican members of the United States government who have fought tooth and nail to delay any progress on preserving the environment for future generations. Why? What do they gain? More importantly, what does the world have to lose? This song resonated on the 22nd and 23rd of September, 2012, throughout 180 cities and communities worldwide, Sing for the Climate Song Manifestation. We have wasted 11 years. Why? Do it now. With music by Handel, the water music, I would like to start a discussion of seagrasses. I know, that sounds like a horribly boring subject, but it's very important. It's as important as the atmosphere in terms to preserving that of which this world is worth preserving. Now, though, that sounded a little confusing, but let's take a look at seagrasses anyway. The conservation status for Australia's Great Barrier Reef, long an attraction for tourists who dive reefs for their beauty and for their underwater life, has declined from significant concern to critical due to increasing impacts associated with climate change. A primary effect of increased global temperature on seagrasses will be the alteration of growth rates and other physiological functions of the plants themselves. 
the distribution of seagrasses will shift as a result of increased temperature stress and changes in the patterns of sexual reproduction. As I said, this is going to be a little bit on the boring side, but it gets better. And I spent a lot of time researching all of this. The most diverse seagrass meadows in the U.S. can be found in Florida. The state is home to 2.5 million acres of seagrasses made up of seven different species. Now, 58 species of seagrasses hug the coastline of every continent except Antarctica. These underwater flowerings are often overlooked and underappreciated. But these, in large size, underwater forests have an outsized impact when it comes to tackling climate change and supporting other marine ecosystems. Seagrasses occupy less than 0.2% of the seafloor, but represent up to 10% of the ocean's capacity to store carbon, known as blue carbon. They also help keep the water clear by capturing sediments. They cycle nutrients and provide important habitats for fish, crustaceans, and shellfish. But seagrass is the most threatened ecosystem on Earth, at risk from climate change, coastal development, and nutrient pollution, such as phosphorus and nitrogen, which enter the ocean from wastewater treatment plants, stormwater, agriculture, and other sources. Primary effect of increased global temperature on seagrasses will be the alteration of growth rates and other physiological functions of the plants themselves. If you get a stress to the system, you start to erode its resilience, said Savannah Berry, who has been studying seagrasses in Florida for more than 10 years. When our human systems push those buttons too often, then the seagrasses start to thin out and die. As the seagrass dies, the sediment, once trapped by its roots, clouds the water and blocks the light. Hypoxia causes dead zones, a reduced level of oxygen in the water leading to biological deserts. These zones are naturally occurring, to be sure, but are enlarged and enhanced by human activity through warmer water temperatures caused by climate change. Worldwide, Ten seagrass species are at elevated risk of extinction, and three qualify as endangered. The die-off of seagrasses presents a huge threat to the ocean ecosystem, as well as to fisheries, tourism, and jobs that depend on the seas. The changes are not necessarily irreversible in themselves, 
just that it takes millions, if not billions of dollars and decades to do it. Once you lose seagrass, you're in for an extensive and long-term battle to get it back. The need for water quality protection is growing more urgent and increasing nutrient pollution. Recently, red tides and other harmful algae have taken a severe toll on fishing and tourism businesses. And what about sea life in the era of climate change? Every year, black-tip sharks migrate north in the summer seeking cooler waters. In the past, the sharks would spend their summers off the coast of the Carolinas. But due to the warming waters of the ocean, they must now travel further north to Long Island to find cool enough waters. Blue crabs are thriving in the warm waters of the Chesapeake Bay. With the current trends of warming water, soon blue crabs will no longer need to burrow in for the winter to survive, which will cause the population to soar. And that population boom may just lure some predators to new waters. Vital fish species such as salmon and mackerel are migrating to new territories, necessitating increased international cooperation on fishing guidelines to ensure abundance. Marine life throughout all parts of the food chain is shifting towards the poles to stay cool as things heat up and these changes can have significant economic consequences. One of the most cited seagrass success stories is Tampa Bay, Florida. Between 1950 and the 1980s, the bay lost 46% of its seagrasses. But since the late 1980s, the Tampa Bay area has reduced the amount of nitrogen entering the bay by 90%, and more seagrass currently exists than at its peak in 1950. Seagrasses now cover 40,000 acres, almost three times the area of Manhattan. It can be done, but first we must recognize that it must be done. Too many people, too many politicians, especially, I'm sorry to say, Republicans, have taken to actively denying that climate change is even taking place. Protecting seagrasses is a job for governments. It's a big job. People can help and must help, but the job has become so great that governments worldwide must jump in the water and learn to swim all over again. And maybe then they'll understand what is happening and how important it is to protect the seagrasses and the rest of the environment. The United States Congress on September 17, 2019, said about climate change, quote, you must unite behind the science. You must take action. You must do the impossible because giving up can never be an option, unquote. Al Gore, in his movie An Inconvenient Truth, said, global warming along with the cutting and burning of forests and other critical habitats, is causing the loss of living species at a level comparable to the extinction event that wiped out the dinosaurs 65 million years ago. 
That event was believed to have been caused by a giant asteroid. This time, it is not an asteroid colliding with the Earth and wrecking havoc. It is us. So, do your part. Contact your representatives, your senators, your friends and neighbors, and remind them of this duty of the government of the United States of America and of other countries in the world. It may be too late for us, but we must think of the children. And that's our show for today. I would like to receive comments, so if you have a comment on this show or any other show, please send it to heldentenore at att.net. That's heldentenore at att.net. And just a program reminder, the Angry Tenor Talks Climate Change every Thursday evening going live at 7 p.m. So... I'm John Sayers, and I am the Angry Tenor. Yeah.